0: With IPv4 address space officially exhausted in Aaron's region, we've moved into a market of IPv4 scarcity. If you want new, publicly routable IPv4, you'll have to get it from your ISP, what normally happens when you order a circuit, or from some other party willing to sell their address space to you. To facilitate the transaction of IPv4 addresses between parties, many different IPv4 broker services have popped up. Is this a service your organization should take advantage of? Are there risks involved in IPv4 transactions like this? I am Ethan Banks, and joining me is the inestimable Greg Farrow. And this, of course, is the Packet Pushers podcast, which you can follow at PacketPushers or at packetpushers.net. Greg and I are suffering the rigors of traveling in metal tubes with wings and have converged on New York City for the fall 2015 edition of the Open Networking User Group. Mr. Farrow, how is Manhattan treating you this trip? Uh, I don't know. Hotel, airport,
1: taxi, walk down street, uh, conference room. Is there something outside? <laughs> it, I saw the day star for a few minutes this morning It was yeah. awfully bright, bright <laughs> We <was, basis>. really. <laughs> were trying to navigate
0: up to the Kimmel Center At New York University where we are And the sun is right dead on Trying to read Apple Maps was, uh, yeah. was hard
1: and My eyes are normally you know, struggling with a bright screen you know, Normally I'm one of them to te- Much less in the, the day star So bright light
0: well, we're on a little bit of a schedule here as we've only got this room briefly to record in. And John Curran uh, of ARIN has joined us today to help us understand the issues surrounding IPv4 broker services. And John, thank you for making time on your own on calendar to record with us. And, and many folks are probably going to know you by name, but if you would, please introduce yourself to those who might not. Sure. I'm John Curran. I'm the president and CEO of ARIN, the American Registry for
2: Internet Numbers. ARIN is the IP address registry, one of five regional internet registries. We're the ones that handle handle Canada, U.S., and about half of the Caribbean. Uh, the five regional registries collectively operate one directory of uniqueness for IPv4 addresses. The addresses that we issue and manage are the ones known as public Internet addresses. And so I uh, was involved in founding Aaron in 1997. I was the chairman for 10 years, actually. Uh, during that time, I was actually running a several ISPs. And then about six years ago, I moved over and I actually uh, stepped uh, and became an employee. I became the uh, president and CEO. And uh, in a timely manner, sort of, I got to
0: come on board to watch the run out of IPv4. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and that's really the context of our conversation today. IPv4, it, not, we're not just talking about it before. It is exhausted. There is no more for Aaron to give out.
2: Yes, that is correct. Um, we actually, in September of this year, we issued the last blocks from the regional free pool that Aaron has, the pool for this region. And so at this point now, people who put in requests for additional address space, generally ISPs, sometimes end user organizations, get put on a waiting list and told if someone returns some, we <laughs> we'll, we'll give them out in the order in which you got put on the list. But the fact of the matter is that there's no pool, so in general, the waiting list is a long wait.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: And do people really return IPv4 addresses? Uh,
2: actually, we I have to advise people when they're trying to return them that there's a market and these actually have value. Uh, mm. But even so, we do have occasionally people return them. We have organizations that go out of business with no clear successor where they're effectively dissolved yep. and those addresses are reclaimed. Um, and so there are a few addresses that come back from time to time. And uh, so it's not impossible if you're on the waiting list to get addresses issued, but it's not something You'd want to rely on as a as a
1: regular part of your it's business. It's not impossible, plan. but it's highly improbable.
2: It, it, hmm. it is uh, it's quite unpredictable and uh, not something again that you'd really want to plan a business around,
0: right? Now, now, I understand some registries perhaps had reserved a few blocks for this, but but Aaron didn't. And actually, we were talking about this in right. email. You told me I'm thinking about it a little bit wrong. Right.
2: So if you think about it, um, Aaron actually doesn't make the policies. The Aaron community does, and that's everyone. We have uh, uh, meetings that we occur twice a year. You can participate in site or online. We have a mailing list, and literally the community drives that process. Aaron's the one that takes those policies and actually turns the crank and implements them. Mm-hmm. In the Aaron region, there was no policy to reserve any IP address space. Few reservations. There's one reservation for critical infrastructure. Things like exchange points actually have a reserve block. Mm. If you're setting up a new exchange point, you can get a small amount of IPv4 address space. Similarly, there's a reserve block that you can get an allocation for for IPv6 transition equipment. Mm -hmm. So if you need IPv4 addresses so that you can do transition to and from v6, you can get a small allocation out of that. But we have no general purpose reserve. And uh, the reason to paraphrase what the discussion in this region went is there's enough uh, opportunity in the market to fulfill that need that there's no reason for us to have a reserve. Let the market actually do its job. So you set up the ability for people to buy and sell or to trade IPv4 addresses. Right. People, uh, well, you say trade. That's an interesting term. Let's say transfer. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm not going to say trade is because addresses go to the parties who need them. Mm -hmm. We still qualify to make sure those addresses are going to network operators. So if you have a network and you're going to be using those addresses, just as we qualify to give you address space for the last 20 years, mm. now you qualify to be a recipient
1: of additional address space. So if Greg Farrow, you know, if I just rocked up to you and said, I need a pool of IP for four addresses. You're not a qualified I found recipient. somebody to give me, you know, I'm going to pay for them from this person. You're going to say that transfer can't go through.
2: The fact that you don't have an operational network that needs them means you're not a qualified recipient so they mm-hmm. they can't be transferred. So they if I th- stay registered in the database with mm-hmm. the current holder.
1: And now, if I think through that, that's to stop there being a speculative market, for somebody to actually go and buy, hold addresses, and then conduct a, a futures market right. in addressing. Is so that where you- IP
2: addresses have always been issued to people who need them. We've had a free pool that was held centrally, and then as operators showed that they needed addresses, they had them issued. We've never had them held by parties who had no operational need. Mm. The community decided not to change that, Mm. okay? So, in effect, we're taking the same practice of making sure these addresses are available only to parties who are gonna use them and continuing them in the market dynamic.
0: Mm. So, okay, so this is actually a good segue into these brokers that are popping up. Now, if you search for IPv4 Broker or uh, IPv4 Marketplace, you get a ton of hits in Google, lots and lots of companies that are out there. Just taking kind of a high-level step, what are these services actually purporting to do? That's a great question. We have a list of brokers. You go to the Aaron website and you look at transfers. And you
2: can go look at our, our specified transfer service, uh, which is how we handle transfers from one party to another. There's actually a list of facilitators, and there's uh, so more than a dozen of them. These are parties who are aware of the policies, aware of the requirements for the recipient, agree to abide by them, and will help advise you, help you find addresses. Find, if you have addresses, help find someone who needs them. And so they make sure they follow our own policies. It's important to think about the fact that you need to know what an IP address is, Before you can actually transfer it. Yeah, before you transfer it. So so let's understand something. You have laptops, you have servers, you have routers. You know you can use any address you want with those, right? You Mm -hmm. do know that. (laughs) Anyone can use any address they want, anywhere. No one says what you can and can't use. An IP address is not a license to use an IP address. An IP address is not a license to configure your routers with a certain number. Hmm. An IP address is just a unique entry in a registry. Now, there is multiple registries out there. There is a set of registries called the Internet Number Registry System, the RIRs. Mm. We've been doing this since the beginning. We're the most popular registry. okay? And um, that is a unique, when you have an IP address block, it's generally in one of the RIRs, okay? That's what people think about as public IP addresses. Sure, yeah. But there are people who use addresses, use the entire IPv4 address space with their own registry. I know vendors who do that. I know private VPNs and exchange partners who do that. And so when you say an IP address block, I have to ask you, in what registry are you talking about? If you're talking about IP address blocks that are in the Internet number registry system, At the end of the day, what those are is entries in a coordinated database that five parties run. The idea being to guarantee uniqueness across the public internet. Exactly, to guarantee uniqueness. So when someone says, I'm going to transfer you an address block, what they're saying is, I'm going to transfer my control of that entry in a registry to you. It currently has my name on it. I'm going to transfer it to you and put your name on it. So at the end of the day, parties who are busy... Brokers who are busy trying to make this happen should generally be telling you, we'll find address blocks in the unique registry, assigned to some other party, we'll get that party to transfer their rights to you, and Mm -hmm. we'll get that entry updated in the database. That's what a transfer is.
0: So, okay, now are all brokers that you might find in Google reliable and you can count on them and these are trustworthy sources, or if I'm interested in some of these services, are there some things I should be should I be qualifying the broker I'm doing business with? Let's put it that way. So I was going to say, you just asked me a question. Is all X
2: that I find in Google have property Y? <laughs> no. by definition. Okay? I don't even really care what X and Y are. <laughs> uh, I can say for the brokers that we have on the list of, on the Aaron website, Yeah. We know that they're aware of the policies. They work hard to make that happen. We don't know about all the other ones. Uh, and quite frankly, it's something for someone to pay attention to because at the end of the day, if someone says, if you need more address space, you can go on the waiting list. Okay. By the way, if you're on the waiting list, you're already qualified, right? Isn't yeah. that interesting? We've qualified you mm. and put you on the waiting list, okay? Yeah. So brokers know absolutely. In fact, there's a number associated, which is the largest block, you qualify for it's a reason why people say i'll I'll go on the waiting list okay now as long as you're a qualified recipient there's lots of parties who have address space who will be interested in talking to you and in fact anyone who wants can join we have a listing service you can actually go see the entries on the waiting list and get that the brokers can see it as well so it's not hard if you need addresses and you're qualified to get them what if you want addresses and you're not qualified that's a whole other matter because again we have to operate the registry which is your registry all the members registry the community's registry we have to operate according to those policies we don't update the registry unless we know the recipients qualified
0: so, so just because this goes back to what greg mm-hmm. what uh, what you were talking about early on just because i want some ipv4 address space if i'm not qualified Aaron yep. is not going to facilitate the transfer just because there's some broker in the middle trying to make it happen or whatever. Right. I can't just get address space because I want it. No one is buying address space to sell it. Right. The
2: community oh. the community, has set up policies that say, just as we gave addresses to operational networks, now you can transfer addresses to operational networks. But if you don't have an operational need, no, you can end up having those addresses
1: assigned to you. Now, let me express some caution here. This is Aaron, right? So John speaking on behalf of Aaron, which right. is the American... U.S., RIR, for issuing IPv4 addresses. It may vary globally. So there are four other registries. There's APNIC, there's APRINIC Mm -hmm. for Africa, there's RIPE in Europe, and there's... Let's um, talk about a few of those other RIRs.
2: So, for example, in Asia-Pacific and RIPE, they also have needs-based policy because we have transfer policies that work between the Aaron region and those regions. Mm -hmm. And so our policy says that... We transfer to other regions that have a needs-based policy. So both APNIC and RIPE have a needs-based policy. They actually confirm that the recipient has an operational need, mm-hmm. and then we do the transfer from a party in, in the Aaron region to APNIC or to, uh, to a party in APNIC or to a party mm-hmm. in RIPE region. So very, very similar policies um, regarding operational need. In LACNIC, they're still discussing their transfer policies. Yep. And in AFRANIC... They're discussing them, but they also have an abundance of address space because they've been using it a lot slower than other regions.
1: It's smaller, the amount of internet providers. Right.
2: But the final allocations of addresses were evenly distributed along the five regions. So an even distribution Hmm. followed by a smaller draw leaves a larger reserve. Yeah,
1: AFRINIC will will run out eventually or soon. That poses
2: interesting challenges because they have the opposite problem a large pool of addresses and a large number of organizations forming companies in Africa
1: solely to obtain address space. Mm. Problematic. mm. Mm. And then you can start... But the thing thing to take away is you can't start to build an arbitrage market. So you don't... We're not... You've pretty much moved to prevent somebody from buying up IPv4 addresses to hold a stock, drive the... And then they could arbitrage it, that is, drive up the pricing and then then transfer it. I'm just going to buy up
0: all this address space and then sell it at a profit, even though I'm not a network
1: operator. That was where we were four or five years ago. What I'm hearing is that the community, the members of these RIRs have moved to say you can't build an arbitrage market.
2: Well, so hypothetically, you have a block of address space in Aaron registered to you. You don't need it because your company has wound down significantly and uh, you only need one-eighth of that. So Mm -hmm. you have a large amount of space available. Ethan says, I run a hedge fund, okay, Ethan Trust, and I wish to invest in that address space, okay, and I wish you to transfer it to me. Well, you know Aaron's not going to prove that. Yep, it's not. He doesn't have an operational network. You can say, Ethan, I'll hold it for you. Mm. Uh, give me a dollar for every IP address, and I'll hold it for you, and somewhere in the next two or three years, if you ever want them, pay me the other $9, mm. and I'll give them to you. Presuming, at that time, you qualify. Okay. Mm. Okay?
1: So that's a uh, brokerage market, but not that's an arbitrage not, market.
2: Right. Yeah. That's an option. It's not involving us. It's an agreement between two private parties. Right. No, so you can do lockup agreements and mm. rights of first refusals and options. But Intent at the end to of the sell. Day, yeah. At the end of the day, you're an operational network with IP addresses. They're registered to your organization. We're only going to transfer them to someone else who's going to use them. Yep. And so... People say, well, isn't that the same thing? No, not really. Uh, one of the things you have to worry about is that there are people out there who have sort of said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get those addresses from you on paper, and you can keep holding them. That's true. And you could give Ethan a piece of paper that says there is, mm. even though it's in your name. Mm. But then you could give that to seven other organizations. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> he has no way of checking, and quite frankly, <laughs> as far as we're concerned, you have all the rights. Yep. None of them do. Yes. Okay? then so legally you can't got, inherit the rights. Once like you you've can't gotten eight rights. or nine people to pay you for it, then you can find the country of your choice to retire in, mm. take the money, and go. And I'm sorry, because <laughs> yeah. you bought swampland, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. And there are people, well, just like any other new and dynamic environment, there are people who need to pay attention, because there's the opportunity of
0: scams like that. So this underscores the point that uh, Aaron and actually I've noticed this on some of the other registries the there are brokerage services that yep. you're familiar with and you know right. are operating right. above board and uh, have you're agreed, not gonna, have agreed to follow the policies in the region. You're not going
2: to buy v four in swampland i would I would recommend someone start at least with the list of the facilitators, the brokers in the Aaron region,
1: yeah. Now you don't license those brokers or accredit no. them or anything. I don't think we, it's not necessary as such only, I don't think, but
2: it's not required. The only mm. thing that's required is they have to agree to abide by the policies in the region. They do yeah. that as part of agreeing to be listed. Sure. so it gives you some assurance that they're at least familiar and they, they've agreed to follow those
0: policies. so if I'm talking to a broker, um, would you say there's you know, red flags or maybe uh, probing questions I should be asking to make sure these guys are playing by the rules
2: so are you, you have address that you don't need that you're trying to get rid of, or are you trying to obtain addresses? I'm trying to, it's something I'm trying to obtain. You're trying to obtain addresses. You've got a network, you need more address space. Okay. Now, recognize that the brokers don't have the address space, they know how to find people with address space.
0: They're a matchmaking service. They're a, a
2: matchmaking service because yeah. you need them and they have contact. Well, some of these brokers have gone to parties that have address space and said, We're going to be exclusive for you, we're your sole representative. Some have said they don't do that, okay? So you need to be very careful because every broker will tell you that they have the largest availability of address space and addresses that no one else can represent, okay? And they will all say this. Well, again, when you intersect all those statements, they can't all be accurate, okay? That doesn't actually work on the pretty Venn diagram, okay? So talk to multiple brokers, okay? Recognize that at the end of the day, it's the one that brings you the party with the address space that matters, not the party that promises something. And you need to be very careful about being exclusive unless you're absolutely sure the broker you're dealing with is going to bring you the addresses you need in a timely
1: manner at a price that makes sense. There's no way for you to know that until you've talked to multiple brokers. But your first, but coming back to something you that tricked me earlier was that you're saying get on the waiting list so that Aaron can qualify you as a suitable recipient. Right. The broker isn't going to take you seriously unless you're qualified. Well, any respectable broker isn't going to take you seriously unless you're on the Aaron waiting list. Getting on the waiting list is easy. You can pre-qualify. We we
2: pre-qualify you, and we tell you here, you're qualified up to this size. You give us the same information you would have given us when you were applying to have us issue you address space from the free pool,
1: and then once you're qualified, you're a much more serious contender. That would be step number one. Then go and start talking to the, you know, that waitlist right. process might take a little while. Right. Then start getting get two or three brokers in, have some discussions. Right. Work through the process, start to familiarize yourself with the market, and then uh, get your checkbook out. Right. And and also
2: remember at this point that that works very well once. It might work again a few years from now. It might work a few years after that. The question is, at some point you have to also think about the fact that that's a very unpredictable market. Yep. Very hard to know what will be available and at what price. And so you have to at the same time figure out long-term what do you want your reliance on IPv4 to really be.
0: Which, of course, is the whole... Uh, we haven't talked about it at all, but the underlying thing here is get yourself over to IPv6. Certainly, if you're a service yeah. provider connecting up new customers, a lot of them have already realized
2: that a sip at a time going to the market for IPv4 isn't something that's viable for their business. Right. Okay. Imagine trying to tell your investors, we have a wonderful growing business and it's dependent on going to an unpredictable market every couple of years. And With final, see- I,
1: I, I've got a specific product. I can't buy it. I'm restricted right. into my supply.
0: It, it's, yeah. Well, certainly it would give me pause to put money into something. Right. Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, it seems like I think we've done this good enough. a short yep. show, but yep. uh, we had a point to make. I think we've made it. good to learn this process because I wasn't aware. The last discussion I saw was about four or five years ago,
1: and I was listening to people make outrageous claims about arbitrage markets and $20 an IP address. And
0: it, When, in fact, it's much more controlled than that. The, the final path right. that we've actually
1: yeah. ended up with sounds much more focused on yeah. community and the way the Internet was built and participatory mm-hmm. and fair.
0: Well, John, thanks for taking time good for to join me. us. And uh, we, we, this is a very social show, community oriented. Is are you active on Twitter? You got a blog uh, or anything uh, you want to plug? I, I
2: am actually. You can find uh, Aaron uh, on Team Aaron. Um, so it's uh, hashtag Team Aaron. Uh, you can also find uh, me. I'm on. Uh, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, so don't hesitate to reach out. If you go to the Aaron webpage, uh, click
0: social media, you'll see all our contact information. That's great. Thanks a lot for joining us, and thanks for listening to Packet Pushers today. You can find this and many more fine, free, technical podcasts along with our community blog at PacketPushers.net. By the way, you too can blog with the Packet Pushers. Send an email to PacketPushers at gmail.com and let us know you're interested. We'll get you set up. Hey, you should know that Packet Pushers has several different podcast channels these days, including the weekly and Priority Queue shows about network engineering, the network break with news, views, and analysis, and data knots on data center architecture and silo busting. We strive to deliver interesting, useful content about IT each and every month, and we hope that you like what we're creating. So follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers, find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, and rate us on iTunes. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.